hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. So many people ask me, Dr. McCullough, when is there going to be justice? There's been so much wrongdoing that's occurred during the course of the pandemic. People's lives have been lost. They've been unnecessarily hospitalized. One of the saddest cases that exist is those patients who were exposed to and actually treated with remdesivir while the hospitals made handsome profits in the United States with a bonus applied to the hospitalization if remdesivir was used. Well, this has all come to a head, and there's the first class action lawsuit led by lead attorney Watkins in California. And recently in Fresno, California, a press conference was undertaken by the attorneys as well as medical experts, and I spoke at it as one of the experts. Let's go ahead and listen in to what I told a packed audience in a church in Fresno, California. With that, we are about to wrap up, but we are not, not so quickly. All the way from Texas, somebody who's been fighting on the front lines here with patients and still sees patients to this day. He's been on every single mainstream media you can imagine, every conservative station. His voice has been like a lion out there. He's been at Defeat the Mandates. He's been at every rally you can imagine. He's been in D.C. He's been standing up for America. Ladies and gentlemen, when I look up the name Dr. Peter McCullough, the angels start you know, singing and the, and the heavens start opening up. He is a man of Christ, and ladies and gentlemen, we couldn't do this without him. He's a cardiologist, and he's well-known internationally. We are so proud. We are so blessed to have Dr. Peter McCullough here today. circles, your church, or your school, or employment circles, where you've lost somebody through the COVID. Okay. How many of you, have, same question, how many of you in your circles know somebody now who's got a serious medical problem or you've been lost due to vaccines? So there's actually been now two waves of, of damage that's been done to our country. SARS-CoV-2 uh, the virus and now the vaccines. <laughs> Let me just say from the very beginning, as I'm a practicing internist and cardiologist, but I've treated hundreds of patients, I've done my best to apply scholarship, and I have published dozens and dozens of papers on the pandemic. I'm the most published person in my field in the world in history in terms of heart and kidney disease. And as a single person, I have applied more academic production and clinical treatment and national media appearances and I've cited more data in the media than any person in the world in history on this topic. I can tell you with 
without any reservation, I have medical authority to render these opinions. These are the opinions from the very beginning with the COVID-19 crisis. It fell into the minds of people to hurt other people from the very beginning. And it was simultaneous and it was all over the world. We have never witnessed this in human history. It, it landed in the most remote areas of the world to the most populated areas of the world. Everything about COVID was done incorrectly, from lockdowns to unnecessary testing to uh, a very, very uh, 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 strict <clears throat> prohibition of reasonable things to help individuals, to people losing their jobs, and then sadly, to the intentional suppression of early treatment, and it was everything. And it was from the very beginning. In France, they took hydroxychloroquine off the over-the-counter market months before the virus was even announced. Months before. And in, I have a book out called Courage to Face COVID-19. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can find it in a black and red cover. We outline all of this. From the very beginning, there was a plan to use SARS-CoV-2, this pandemic, to craft a program of mass vaccination in the world. The suppression of early treatment and the suppression of any advancement in hospital care was intentional to create fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death in order to prepare the world's population to accept mass vaccination with no end in sight. It was very intentional. It was very intentional. In our book is the story of Miss Carol, who was admitted to a hospital in Central Texas. And the daughter is a perfectly healthy 70-year-old woman, not unlike the people you see up here. And the daughter reached out to me and I went over, she goes, Dr. McCullough, what would you do? How would you ideally manage such a patient? I said, well, you have all the rights that you should have. What's called medication reconciliation. Everything done as an outpatient should be continuous and inpatient, including the use of hydroxychloroquine, uh, ivermectin, colchicine, aspirin, blood thinners, doxycycline or azithromycin, inhaled budesonide. There is an entire outpatient protocol that has been assembled, multiple of them have been assembled. There's a major physician organization that supports all this. We had this all in place in the fall of 2020. All of that should have been continued. And none of it was given to this woman in the hospital. So she took the hospital to court. The cost hospital ponied up and hired very expensive outside attorneys. It's in our book. It's in this chapter. And the hospital fought everything. And let me tell you what the hospital denied this woman. Denied her ivermectin, denied her aspirin, full dose, denied her uh, anoxaparin, full dose, denied colchicine, denied full dose corticosteroids, which would have been solumedrol, denied her every single medicine that could have enabled her survival, and this woman died. And when she died, 
I felt most strongly because she was late in the syndrome that she should have gotten aspirin and full dose blood thinners. I felt very strongly about that. When she died, I told Jody, the daughter, I said, get an autopsy. She got an autopsy and the lungs were filled with blood clots. It was in the minds of those hospital administrators and those doctors, chief medical officer, the ICU doctors, they work in closed COVID units. They don't have interchange with independent practicing doctors. It all got locked out. It was in their minds to cause harm. There is no harm in giving a trial of full-dose aspirin and full-dose anoxaparin. And there's no harm in giving ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. If this patient would have been in a hospital in Mexico City, they would have gotten full-dose ivermectin. It would have been fine. How about an athlete squeeze would have gotten hydroxychloroquine? These drugs are first line in protocols used worldwide. Yet in American hospitals, they are prohibited because these drugs are featured. <clears throat> Something is wrong in our country. Something is very wrong. The most successful study, the most successful studies of in-hospital Americans were done early in 2020 one by Henry Ford, and it was with hydroxychloroquine. In thousands of patients at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan, I know it, I was a program director there. I know the doctors there. It was legit, it worked. And the most successful American study with ivermectin was done by Jean-Jacques Rochner and his wife down in the constellation of Florida hospitals called the ICON study. It was published in the best critical care journal called CHESS. In America, the most successful inpatient drugs were hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin in published studies. Now, quickly, Verdurk and colleagues has published a survey recently, 18,000 individuals. It's only those individuals who were denied or didn't receive early treatment in the United States and worldwide were hospitalized or died. Being hospitalized in the United States with COVID is a product of not receiving early ambulatory therapy. Dr. Farala testified thousands of patients and enormous success. Success becomes less as patients come in to the hospital. In November of 2020, the WHO published its analysis from its trials and others, held a conference, had human ethicists there. In November of 2020, the World Health Organization declared do not use remdesivir in the hospital because it does not improve outcomes. It actually uh, tips the scales towards complications, including kidney failure, liver failure, and death. In November 2020, I testified in the Texas Senate under oath on June 22nd, <clears throat> or June uh, 27, 2022. And I said in November of 2020, the Texas Senate and the California Senate and every state Senate in the United States should have had emergency meetings and said, get remdesivir out of the hospitals. Wow. It was on their watch. The World Health Organization said that. You can go to the World Health Organization website and still pull up that warning. Do not use it. Do not use it. Now, in May of 2022, the uh, World Health Organization published an update of every single study, every meta-analysis of the use of remdesivir, and its impact is neutral. It has actually no impact on the virus whatsoever, and it tips the scales towards 
just if someone has a complication like acute kidney injury or liver injury, that person is going to be harmed with remdesivir. But the published data suggests no one is going to be helped with this product. Period. I'm a doctor. I take care of patients. I've been in hospitals for decades. We never are limited by protocols. Never. Never. I go in the hospital, I write any order I want to. If there's a protocol and it has some base suggestions, I can look at it. But yeah, I am never circumscribed by a protocol. Never. For the first time in medical history, doctors claimed they could do nothing else but use a protocol. It was inexplicably in their minds to stick to a protocol for the first time ever. Ever, ever, ever. And the protocols had drugs like remdesivir, which didn't work against COVID, by barcetinibib, which was modestly effective. They never had ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. They had very low-dose, ineffective dexamethasone, and not full-dose cyamedrol, not full-dose aspirin, not full-dose anticoagulants. So the protocols provided a base of care that was inadequate in any doctor who seen and examined patients had a duty to treat that patient to the fullest ability, and it wasn't done in a single case here. That's actually what's on trial, is failure to treat, okay? What the families were and the patients were denied is they were denied medic medication reconciliation, meaning anything done as an outpatient can be used as an inpatient, period, period. And the other thing they were denied is called shared decision-making. When your loved one is in the hospital and you're in the hospital, you have a right to share in the decision. And if you sit in the hospital and you say, I want ivermectin, that is your right. If you say, I want the rights of these people and these family members were taken away from them. And in our country, when rights are taken away, and there is harm caused, in this case, the most ultimate harm, the loss of life, justice will be served. The writing is on the wall, and I'm encouraging each and every one of you to pursue this with your strongest efforts because your pursuit of this and your pressing this case will help a large, large number of people. This crisis is not over with. And until we crack this wall and then ultimately tear it down, this will go on. People are being denied their rights and they are losing their lives. And it's happening on our watch. That's the reason why we're all here. We cannot, in a civil society, allow our rights to be taken away, especially in the setting of duress and medical duress. That's where we need the most compassion. That's where we need the most flexibility. That's where we need the most care and concern. And these people didn't get that. And the families know it. You and I know it. These doctors know it. And I say, let's join together and let's call it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
access back to our country. Thank you. That was my speech in Fresno, California. And so many people asked me, you know, do I prepare remarks ahead of time or, or make notes? And I really don't. I speak from the heart. Uh, I, I feel the issues uh, are, are so pressing in my mind. And there's no greater pressing issue than the, the medical and social injustices that have happened and the loss of life that's happened uh, throughout the pandemic. So following along on this topic of in-hospital protocols, I want to cite a paper by Karen Burns, first author, and the Academy Group that was published in JAMA Network Open, December of 2021. And the title of the paper is Adherence of Clinical Practice Guidelines for Pharmacologic Treatments of Hospitalized Patients with COVID-19 to Trustworthy Standards. And there, Burns evaluated uh, uh, COVID-19 protocols in the hospital with this uh, strict criteria. And the conclusion was that uh, very few of the guidelines uh, met standards that would be considered uh, trustworthy. Uh, only um, uh, 9% of uh, overall guidelines met a criteria. Only 18% of the guidelines uh, made these types of uh, standards. For instance, um, a rated confidence in the quality of the evidence, described uh, the potential benefits and harms of treatment, graded the strength of recommendations, uh, had a commitment to external review or public perspectives, and a process for updating. Far less than 18% made these standards. So these protocols that the hospitals were hanging on to and fighting for act basically as justification to deliver uh, suboptimal and incomplete care. Those protocols themselves in a paper published in JAMA in uh, December of 2021 showed that those protocols themselves were not uh, adequate or trustworthy. So I can tell you this in-hospital care of COVID-19 is a house of cards. Uh, there's been no major medical school that's claimed itself as a center of excellence in the United States. There's been no COVID-19 uh, um, referral centers or, uh, in a sense, a, a critical access or system-wide quality improvement. There's been no publication of comparative mortality across hospitals. You can tell that hospital care for COVID-19 has basically been an abyss. And this lawsuit br brought forward by lead attorney Watkins and colleagues and a class of pl uh, plaintiffs uh, against California hospitals uh, will be just the beginning. And it's a broad array of charges far beyond malpractice because there are so many horrors that occurred in the hospital and the families are horrified. You know, in that uh, speech, I asked for a show of hands how many people in the audience knew of somebody um, who uh, had a bad outcome with COVID-19. About 70% of people said they did. And I asked how many had a bad outcome with the vaccines, either uh, injury, uh, disability, hospitalization, and death. And it was about the same proportion raised their hands. Now, this was in a church in Fresno, California. It was a charged audience. You could feel the tension in the air. And it may not be representative overall of the general population, but boy, those numbers were big. And everybody in that room felt the tension and the need 
and the desire to get justice served for what's happened throughout the pandemic. Now, I want to change topics and uh, address uh, an issue that's uh, come up several times, uh, and that is uh, a running dialogue between um, clinical uh, psychologist and professor of psychology at University of Ghent in Belgium, Dr. Matthias Desmond, as well as uh, a psychiatrist and uh, America Out Loud a platform contributor, Dr. Peter Bregan. And that has to do with the issue of uh, uh, these running uh, theories or streams uh, of, of, um, of observations, psychophenomenon, if you will, that is occurring uh, throughout the uh, country and uh, in the world. And they have to do with a psychological operation that is an intentional psychological manipulation of, of the facts and in order to move a population in a certain direction through the use of propaganda. And then actually what happens in the human mind in terms of how does the human mind actually succumb to a psychological operation and one uh, ultimately truly believe a false narrative. How does that happen? I had a chance recently, I appeared on InfoWars with host Alex Jones uh, to just briefly address uh, these two concepts and how, in my view, as uh, someone who's read the book by Desmond, The Psychology of Totalitarianism, and someone who's read the book and also contributed to the book written by Bregan, COVID-19 and the global predators, we are the prey. Here are my comments that I made on national TV. And you recognize the lead-in with the classic uh, bullfrog voice of uh, Alex Jones. Co-author of the book is another great psychologist, psychiatrist, and their debate. And I agree, Desmond isn't trying to say it's staged because he's just trying to get you aware of the mass psychosis, the mass formation. But obviously, we just show documents this is staged. Let, let's talk about this controversy. Right. It's not a controversy. I don't think there's disagreement. Well, they've made it a controversy. Yeah, and others have. Uh, Peter Bregan, in his timeline, in his book, COVID-19 and the Global Prayers, We Are the Prey, he lays it out, Alex. There's 1,100 references. This was planned. This is a psyop. You have all the... The, the supporting data on this, it's planned. And what Desmond is saying is that there is a real biological group psychology phenomenon that does happen, and they use the psyops and let, let the biology, the psychobiology actually happen that Desmond says happened. So they're cohesive. Bregan and John Leake, my co-author, says it's planned. This was a, intentional. There's a biopharmaceutical complex. This has been operationalized and weaponized. And what Desmond is saying is it really does happen. People actually do go in and Sure, he's showing the... And so there you go. I, I think it's cohesive. I, I don't think there's really any uh, divisiveness or a, a battling between two competing theories. I think they're completely cohesive. And, and I'll take the... Uh, the superior place of a, of a clinician at the bedside and the most published person in this space to uh, integrate it all and, and settle it. And I wanted to do it here on the platform. Well, we have a terrific show uh, on the backside of the McCullough Report. I bring to the microphone for the first time from Columbia, Missouri, Dr. Heather Gessling. Dr. Gessling has been recently named 
uh, as the chief uh, officer of the medical board for a new company called the Wellness Company, uh, which has been founded by e-commerce juggernaut, iconic business leader, Foster Colson. And so you're going to hear about that company uh, and what it's going to do in terms of responding to our broken health system in America. Great interview, Heather, wonderful person, treating patients from the very beginning with COVID-19. Uh, but before that, I want to bring in our music segment. Now, I got to warn you, this one <clears throat> is pretty tough. This got sent in by Elisa Langevin, and the name of the group is uh, Ido de Truth. And you have to take a listen to this. This is uh, really something else. And listen to the words carefully. There's some lead in with some B-roll audio, but it's Ido de Truth. And the name of this is called We the People. Listen to the words carefully. If you go to the YouTube uh, station, I, I'll put the link in the program notes. You'll be able to see the words as they come up on the screen. But listen carefully after the B-roll from the crowd. Fear and defiance of tyranny. You come to fight as free man. And free man you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to train all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Time for them boys in Attila's gym, Jersey. Let's kick off this revolution. Yeah. In the end, we all gotta die. No one gon' make it out this bitch alive. Might as well put up a fight. Fight for your liberty, fight for your rights, fight for your life, fight for the freedom to fight. Fight for the ones who done died, fighting for yours, fight for the cause, fight for your country, cause it's like the fall. Ain't no pandemic, it's all a facade. All engineered by the people in charge. No need for names, you know who they are. They work in the shadows and look in the dark, and they got a scheme to murder us all by putting a needle in everyone's arm. I'm telling the world, I'm ringing alarms. You finna let them, I'll take them to war. Said the powers in the people, like to see the fear in their eyes. Every time we come together, why they always try to divide us by race, color, and gender. But we know it's all an agenda But one thing we got to remember They can only do what we let them tell Many people will rise like a phoenix up in the sky Make them tremble when we unite We the people We the people refuse Send our children back to your school Shut our business down for the flu now We the people We the people will die before we bow down to your lies Only way out is war now We the people Refuse all your vaccines and if you try and force it on me, I shoot. We don't 
no mask over my face or shoot no vaccine in my vein. Won't send my kids off to their schools or their theme parks to go play. And if I want them to celebrate every holiday from June to May, won't be tracked and I won't be traced. Wipe my ass with the shit they say. Won't put no swab all in my brain. Just to jump on no plane. This was the land of the free. It was the home of the brave. It's not the land of the sheep. And home to those who are afraid. Oh shit, you can't even see. These people going insane. You your people Slowly approaching with teeth full of venom. He think I won't see him. He think I'm asleep. Really a wolf, but he think I'm a sheep. Woke and I won't comply. Strapped and I'm down to die. A motherfucking nightmare to anyone who would try. To trample on my freedom. Got some lead here. I'm gonna feed him. Live my past life as a demon. And he's still here if I need him. Need him. We the people will rise like a phoenix up in the sky. Make them tremble when we unite. We don't. We the people refuse. And not chilling back to your school. Shut up. They got us fighting against each other. This is a lose-lose situation for us. It's exactly what they want. It's more conquer and divide tactics. They want us pointing the finger at cops, dirty politicians, paid-off doctors, people who are for the shot, people who are against the shot, people who like the color blue, people who like the color red, the filthy, lying, fear-mongering mainstream media. Even at the pharmaceutical parasites and the liability-free manufacturers of the shot. But never, never at them. The wizards behind the curtain. I said we overlook all that small shit. Go straight to the source. We'll dispose of the body once we cut the head off the snake. We the people. Wow, that was great. I know the truth. Check it out on YouTube, We The People. Boy, didn't that hit a couple really key parts of the pandemic and what we're experiencing right now. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll pause now. We'll take a break and we'll move on to the back half of the McCullough Report. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report. The question isn't whether or not someone's hands are clean. The question is, is the air clean? And the only way to know is if these offices and these buildings and these houses, do they have a plan for clean air? Enter the Genesis Fogger. The Genesis Fogger uses HOCL in an atomized innovation that basically sterilizes the air. You can move this unit around in your house. It's portable and get the air cleaned Put your house on a schedule, particularly those areas that you know are full of germs, including bathrooms, including other areas where you're caring for seniors or for 
uh, uh, other individuals with disabilities. You know what I'm talking about. There are places in the house that are less clean than others, and the Genesis Fogger is the solution. It not only uh, kills common viruses, bacteria, and mold spores, but it provides a fresh fragrance for the room, and it can give assurances to you and your guests that your house is as clean and as safe as possible. So check out the Genesis Fogger, go to the website and enter in the promo code out loud for a discount off your first purchase. Let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. And I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. It's a great pleasure to welcome to the show Dr. Heather Gessling. 
Dr. Gessling uh, has been a uh, beacon for uh, medical freedom, uh, for patient autonomy, and for the early treatment of SARS-CoV-2 and the COVID infection, and overall for a new approach in healthcare. And uh, we're going to talk today about the development of uh, a brand new entity, a corporate entity in healthcare called the Wellness Company. Heather, welcome to the McCullough Report. Thank you, Peter. Super glad to be on with you. Thanks Heather, for having me. Uh, can you just give our listeners uh, just a little bit about your background, about where you grew up, went to college and medical school? Sure. Yeah. I grew up in Oklahoma. I went to undergraduate at Oklahoma Christian University, and I went to medical school in Columbia, Missouri at the University of Missouri, Columbia. Stayed there for family medicine residency, and I've been here in Columbia ever since. I have three children. I have a a direct primary care practice that I opened up uh, in September of last year, and it is doing really well. Um, doing that along with also this this new company that we're going to be talking about. So for full disclosure uh, to the audience, uh, the wellness company is a newly formed company. Both uh, Dr. Gessling and myself uh, are on the medical board of the company and we have uh, an equity stake, uh, but there's nothing that we're going to talk about today where we have a, a financial stake in the outcome. We're simply going to uh, introduce the company. So Heather, why don't you take it away and introduce the wellness company to the America Out Loud audience? Absolutely. My pleasure. So the wellness company uh, was born out of a <clears throat> idea that our founder, Foster Colson, had um, realizing that he had the um, resources and the uh, uh, idea uh, to basically provide increased access to quality healthcare. He knew that with the pandemic and what he had seen in healthcare and in medicine, that things were not the way that they should be. The patient physician relationship was being um, intruded upon, that medical freedom was um, becoming a bigger and bigger issue for patients and he wanted to tackle this. And what we've been working on for the last several months is bringing in a company that integrates several verticals. We're gonna be having um, un- unbiased uh, patient care. It's gonna be from physicians that are not influenced by uh, governmental agencies, not influenced by insurance companies, not influenced by corporate medicine or pharmaceutical companies that will be providing the care that patients need um, based off of their individuality. It's also gonna have uh, several nutraceuticals that have been developed in order to provide care to patients um, in a way that helps potentially reduce their need for pharmaceuticals. And we're also gonna have uh, free-flowing, unbiased news and content provided for our members. And we're also going to be bringing in uh, independent pharmacies to help us with this task. You know, I can tell you that um, so many patients have expressed to me that the last three years has been the biggest scramble of their life to get medications, uh, to get any type of reasonable advice. I'm constantly feeling, fielding uh, text messages and emails all day long. And I keep asking the patient, well, what does your doctor say? And the answer is uh, either I can't get a hold of him or her, or 
they're blowing me off or they don't believe my problem could be due to COVID or due to the vaccine. Uh, mm-hmm. Patients just feel like they're getting stonewalled. What's going on? That's exactly what I've experienced. The exact same thing for the last two and a half years and really just having to take, take on um, you know, new responsibilities, patients that weren't mine and, and provide care for them um, because their primary care or their, their internal medicine doctor was afraid to, to really touch COVID or, or were told that there's nothing that they could do for that illness. And then since the vaccines have come out, you know, the, these patients are coming to me because they know that I understand the truth about what has happened with those products um, where their physicians have have uh, ignored their their issues that have happened since having the vaccine or or really dismissed them. And, you know, I, I am still seeing it to this day. I mean, just this weekend, I had patients that, well, uh, individuals that weren't initially my patients, but reaching out to me because they have COVID, very ill, and they still, two and a half years later, cannot get the treatment that they need. So the, the healthcare system is is has really failed. It really has. And it seems like some patients themselves have piled on. I, I just uh, today went through the exercise of on my uh, my Twitter account, which I'm trying to keep um, active. Mm-hmm. Just doing a quick search out there. I did a, a search that said ivermectin doctor should lose his license mm-hmm. on Twitter. And it was astonishing the number of people through 2020 and 2021 lay people who are out there saying any doctor who prescribes ivermectin should lose their license. And Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, what would be in the minds of a patient to to tweet that? Uh, Would they Mm -hmm. say the same thing about a statin to lower cholesterol or uh, biphosphonate to treat um, osteoporosis? Or would they think Mm -hmm. the same thing about amoxicillin for sinusitis? What would be in the minds of people, lay people, to have such incredible vitriol about and I the vitriol was clearly focused on ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's the division that has happened where, you know, they have that vitriol and they're just basically attacking anybody that they can think of to attack. They've been trained from the media. They've been trained for from um, all of the, the voices um, spewing mainstream agenda to to basically hate and and uh, and demonstrate their need to side with that agenda in my opinion they just they feel they feel angst and they don't know where to put that angst and so they just start attacking you know what i thought i thought some of it was just motivated through uh in our book with john leake uh courage to prevent covid19 which we're going to feature in the wellness company bookstore but uh, in the book, Courage to Face COVID-19, we describe the biopharmaceutical complex. And the complex is this syndicate, basically, that is advancing this vaccine agenda. <clears throat> we thought maybe some of these people out there were, in a sense, operatives or bots that would literally just throw out these vitriolic comments regarding just these two drugs. And it's interesting, mm-hmm. it's been released that YouTube uh, in their uh, community rules, uh, in the pages, I guess it was disclosed <clears throat> in uh, pursuing some of these legal cases, that YouTube specifically said that posting any information on using ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID-19 was going to be against their community rules. And the question mm-hmm. is, <clears throat> why those two drugs 
And why so early in the pandemic? How did they know? Well, well I, I mean, I think that they knew. I think they knew the benefit. And of course, they couldn't u- utilize that benefit or admit to that benefit because then that would change the ability to get the emergency use authorization for the vaccines. I also have a lot of thoughts regarding and um, I realized earlier earlier this year that I think that the the reason for attacking ivermectin is not just because of its avail- availability to help COVID, but I truly think that ivermectin is able to help many other conditions that we don't have to talk about now. But whenever patients of mine have used ivermectin for prevention of COVID or treatment of COVID, they have noticed benefits with other chronic health conditions. And they come to me and they talk to me about it and we don't have you know, all the ability to determine and decipher whether or not it really is from the ivermectin. But I think that ivermectin has a lot of benefits and they don't want us to know those things. You know, it's absolutely uh, fascinating. In our book, we bring out the example of Ignaz Semmelweis in Vienna, Austria. He's the doctor who proposed washing uh, hands, actually sterilizing hands with with, uh, uh, lime and uh, and a sterilizing solution uh, as he, he moved from patient to patient. They were examining women uh, in the pregnancy ward. And, uh, you know, as he published his reports, uh, there was such vitriol. No, this can't be right. We, we shouldn't have to wash our hands. <clears throat> and this whole thing escalated. It went on for 15 years. And these doctors absolutely wanted to slam this guy for basically making the, the point that we should wash our hands before we examine patients. You know, they didn't have rubber gloves back then. And uh, it was astonishing, the behavior. And we're seeing the same behavior now. I just think Twitter is such an interesting environment to do that type of a thought exercise because Twitter is worldwide. And mm-hmm. uh, in, in about two dozen countries, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, our first line guideline recommended therapy. Mm-hmm. So, so here people are tweeting, oh, this doctor should lose her license. Yet some of the viewership, they're like, well, we, we get this every day in Mexico or we get this every day in Greece or Eastern Europe or around the, the country. I mean, what an astonishing uh, array mm-hmm. of views on this. Really- and and you, know yeah. what's, you know what's interesting in that search? You know what came up on the other side? If this doctor uh, denies ivermectin to this patient, this doctor should lose his license. So it came up, it came up the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's terrific. Now um, uh, here's a few questions I mentioned we're probably going to get from our audience. So I'll let you tackle them so they don't come up on pulse. So America Out Loud Talk Radio, the McCullough Report comes out twice on Saturdays and Sundays. Then it hits the, um, the iPod, uh, the uh, podcast network on Tuesday. But every uh, five o'clock on Wednesday is Pulse, and I we get questions throughout the week, and I curate them with Malcolm out loud, and he's the moderator, and he asks me the questions. So I'm sure we're going to get a ton of questions. So let me uh, just ask you a few of them. Well, will the wellness company uh, be able to field telemed- new telemedicine patients in all 50 states? I We have uh, providers available to give patients access to healthcare in all 50 states. Yes. And will it be 24 by seven? The the availability of physicians, especially at the very beginning, may not be 24 seven. It's gonna depend upon the availability of the physicians that are licensed in that state. 
Mm -hmm. And and is, will it um, offer something for patients who have long COVID syndrome and vaccine injury syndromes? It's one of the, that's one of our focuses. We're really excited to be able to offer help to these patients who have suffered from long COVID or from the vaccine injury or, and interestingly enough, you know, patients that have suffered from vaccine injury may not even realize it's from the vaccine and think that it's long COVID. Um, And both of these conditions can be treated very similarly. So we've developed, you and I and our other medical board members have developed protocols to be able to treat these patients um, with nutraceuticals, with pharmaceuticals, a lab panel that's involved, um, and follow-up care to, to discuss their progress. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. So labs, so the doctors will be able to order labs and they'll be done locally? Yes. Um, the, the arrangement we have is with um, a major lab company in the country, Quest, and has uh, locations around most of the country. We're also going to be able to offer in-home lab draw services with every um, package that's uh, purchased to be able to see um, to be able to service patients in the home. And then, what about uh, accepting insurance? Uh, do, will the insurance come into it, or this will be cash based? So you know, we've learned a lot over the last couple of years. I mean, we've already learned, um, you know, for quite some time that insurance interferes with patient care. We will not be in, um, uh, utilizing insurance. It'll be cash-based, um, cash-based for uh, the packages, which will involve being able to see a physician um, in the same physician multiple times as you progress through your care. It'll cover the labs, um, and it'll also be cash-based with regard to uh, prescriptions that are cheap and generic, or affordable is a better word, and generic and the nutraceuticals. So we aren't involving insurance companies. And will there be an app on the phone? There is an app on the phone and you'll be able to download it through um, iPhone or um, Android and it's the wellness company. And when you look for the app, it'll have a little heart, um, little blue heart with an EKG type thing going through, but it's a W and that's our our logo. And will the services be able to manage patients usual conditions like uh, cholesterol blood pressure diabetes other problems that's a good question and we're working towards that we would probably be able to have availability for primary care services within the next six to eight weeks for right now to get to get access to patients quickly especially those that are suffering from long-haul COVID or vax injury we're going to go ahead and get the ball rolling with those packages and also acute care. So acute care would involve, you know, um, some simple refills on medications or um, COVID care, uh, upper respiratory care, or excuse me, upper respiratory illness care, and um, maybe UTI, those types of things. I see. Okay. So, but, so this will take a big uh, uh, load off all this uh, high pressure patients getting COVID need somebody to, you know, get the medicines and instructions going. Uh, we'll be featuring a lot of protocols, but most of the listeners on McCullough report know McCullough protocol or FLCC. Mm-hmm. I see patients every day who, who bring up, uh, particularly FLCC, they bring in, I had several patients today in the office say, well, you know, I got COVID, I did the FLCC protocol. So it's amazing. Uh, what a great job, actually, that group and so many did. 
I love that the patients are very educated about that. I feel like it empowers them and, the, and, you know, they spread the word and they educate others. Yeah, no doubt about it. It makes a huge difference when patients feel like they can take control of, of things. I have a, one of my patients and his wife are getting ready to go on a trip to Europe. I saw him today in the office. He's going to swing by a little bit later tonight. He's in my Bible study, but we're just kind of getting a game plan together. So when he goes to Europe that they know what to do, they, they haven't mm -hmm. had COVID yet. And if they get it in Europe, uh, there is a hazard there. And this happened to one of my family members. If you get COVID in Europe, it's very possible with relatively little uh, control over what happens, you'll be taken to a COVID hotel. And then once in a COVID hotel without your passport or other things, you're stuck there because uh, they take the passport. Uh, you don't have much control what goes on in your life. Certainly don't get early treatment or other, um, you know, other interventions. So um, people that's, are really need to be forewarned before they go to Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be prepared. Exactly. And, you know, that's one of the things that um, I've done with my patients is, you know, have them um, ready with ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine on hand, all the nutraceuticals. Um, and the, the, the amount of um, uh, fear reduction or security that that brings for patients is, is really good. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, one of the questions, yes, they had both taken the vaccines, uh, but now, you know, very early in 2021, it's been more than a year since the vaccines are not taking any boosters. So many of my patients are in that position where they initially took the vaccines, they, you know, they fell into that very first wave of, of interest and enthusiasm, and they felt, you know, some duty or obligation. But once the safety data came out, so many discerning patients said, you know, I'm not going to take any more boosters. But now they haven't had COVID, they're susceptible. And uh, these patients, like so many, uh, they, in a sense, have a supply of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. So many mm -hmm. Americans have, in a sense, stocked up because it is over the counter in so many places in the world. They can, you know, obviously legally have ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. And so yeah. it's just a matter of getting a little guidance on dosing and what to do if they get the illness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It is amazing the differences and, and the obvious differences in mortality, morbidity and mortality with regard to COVID in those locations that have those over the counter, those available over the counter. So Heather, what's your outlook for uh, what's going to happen now? We're, we're, we're in a sense um, going to be, you know, finishing the third year of the pandemic within the next three months and, uh, you know, it'd be three years of our lives. That's, you know, that's a family medicine residency. That's a cardiology fellowship. I mean, three years is a really long period of time. What's your outlook here? Uh, do you think we're in for more and more of the same, or do you think the, the clouds are going to clear? We're going to have clear skies. Well, I feel optimistic. I feel like that's really the only way to see things is to be hopeful. I think there's been a lot of awakening and enlightening with patients to understand that really the way medicine has been, has been the traditional way of doing medicine may not have been, you know, good. And um, it, it may have been burdensome and it may have been too much intervention. Um, and so patients are realizing that they want to see, see things um, in a more true way. And they're awake to what hospitals have, 
have sort of pushed and and the lies that have been pushed. And so because of this awakening, I really feel like we're we're going to be set because, you know, they're trying to already push different illnesses. And it's amazing because people don't, they, they don't, they're not falling for it. They're not, they're not as fearful. You know, they understand that a lot of this is just agenda driven or fear driven. The media is not trustworthy. And so in my mind, I feel hopeful for our future, especially with what we have to offer with the wellness company. So we're empowering patients, we're giving them resources, we're educating them, we're providing them with access to care, we're providing them with tools to be able to get off pharmaceuticals and and uh, walk away from, you know, walk away from traditional medicine if they choose to and be able to give them more um, naturalistic approaches to medicine if that's what they're looking for, basically empowering them um, and to be able to support businesses, independent pharmacies that stood up for truth, that didn't um, inhibit patients from getting hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin when they needed it, and, you know, didn't push the vaccine on patients. So these are the these are the businesses that we hope that patients will support. Um, the app is available um, soon. Uh, it should be available at the time of this podcast. And like I said, it's going to be the wellness company, and you can look for our logo, the little heart. Also, the website is going to be www.twc.health. Well, Heather, this has been a terrific interview. We'll leave it there. And we're so excited for our listeners to join us uh, with the wellness company. And we'll be able to do uh, the best we possibly can for them. Uh, and as this company grows and expands and is successful uh, for Americans and, and hopefully people worldwide, uh, we're thrilled that some answers are coming after yeah. you know nearly three years of hardship so thank you so much for joining us on mccullough report thank you peter appreciate it let's get real let's get loud on america out loud talk radio this is mccullough report 